It's a Mailbag Monday, and we wonder what happens with our division rivals. Who gets better? What happens if Danny Ainge traded for Jimmy Butler? We fix the in-game presentation, and I tell you how I watch a basketball game on TV. It's all right now on the Locked On Celtics Podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J-team, step back. We gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry O.B. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Rain and Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast, right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day, and I'm here for you every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, with a free, fresh podcast drop directly to your device if you're a subscriber. You can watch the show on YouTube as well. Apologies for a little bit of a later drop. Normally, I'm hitting the show uh, uh, to your feeds on midnight, or around midnight, but wasn't feeling well, so doing this is a, a later Monday morning, early afternoon drop, so... It's Labor Day in the United States, so maybe you're just popping it on for a barbecue or something like that. Thank you for making this show part of your regular routine. I'm John Corrales. I used to play a long time ago, a long time ago. Now I'm covering the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. And today it's a mailbag Monday, as you can see on the YouTube page. Uh, I've got the list, a few of the topics on the side there. Later on, third segment, we have a little bit more fun where we get into some of how do I watch a basketball game on TV? Would I ever cover another team who's beating, you know, who's winning a one-on-one with me and Tom? Uh, and we fix the game ops. Uh, we'll get into uh, some what ifs, the Jimmy Butler stuff, but let's just start here with uh, named DeGlester. DeGlester O says, might not, might be a silly question, but how long do you expect this current CBA to last? With it seemingly wreaking havoc amongst teams such as the Celtics, is there a chance it will be short-lived in favor of a previous or another CBA? Well, it's a seven-year deal, and the opt-out is after six. So that's it. It's going to last at least six years. I don't see any scenario where both sides get together and are like, oh, my God, this is such a disaster. I think, I guess they technically could both come together and agree. Uh, contract is a piece of paper. And if both sides say, oh, my God, this sucks, then they they can scrap it. But I think they're going to give this the full six years. And generally speaking, somebody wants to opt out. One side feels like there's something to fix, and they will they will do that. But I think we're looking at a long term. They're going to try to get the full effect of this deal and and kind of just see where it takes them. So get ready. Get used to it. This is going to take us into – that 2030 season. So long time. Tom M asks, which Atlantic division team other than the Celtics will have more wins this season? Do you see the Knicks taking a step forward to a top four team? So in the Atlantic division, I I don't know that any other team gets more wins. I think Boston can get, I think Boston can get to 60 wins. I think it's just going to be a good regular season team. I, I think that they have the ability to in the regular season to take advantage of uh, with their with their matchups with Porzingis, I, I do think they have the ability to take advantage of uh, some of those matchups. And without the game planning and you know teams coming in on short rest and whatever, whatever, I think they can get to sixty wins. Philly is a mess. 
New York could win. They, they won 47 games. They could, they could get, you know, a couple more wins. I don't know if they're a 50 win team. I don't think so. Brooklyn won 45. That was a weird season. I don't know that they get to 45. I don't think so. Toronto, I don't think is getting to 41 wins. So into the top four, Milwaukee, Boston, and we'll say Cleveland, New York is, is fifth. Kind of depends on if Miami gets Damian Lillard or not. If Miami gets Lillard, then I think the top four will be Boston, Milwaukee, Cleveland, and Miami. New York, we'll see what they do, man. I, I think 47 wins is – I'd be surprised if they got to 47 wins again, but – you know, Jalen Brunson is really good and and maybe Randall, you know, has another good season and and they they kind of hang around where they are. If they win more than 47, it'll be 48, right? So uh I don't think they make a big leap into the top four. Uh although they, you know, they made a couple of nice additions. So I still don't think they make a leap into the top four. I, I'll slot them in as fifth and and maybe they win a couple of extra games. So we'll just leave it at that. I'm obviously I'm not the biggest Knicks believer here. Carl asks, how does the team fare if the initial Porzingis trade happens? Do we keep Grant as well since Brogdon has a larger contract than Marcus? Obviously, the initial contract, the initial deal was Porzingis uh to Boston for Malcolm Brogdon going out to the Clippers, and it was Marcus Morris and some uh, a couple others going to Washington that obviously fell apart for various reasons. Uh, they could possibly have kept Grant Williams. Look, they, uh, Grant makes, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Malcolm makes about 4 million more than Marcus. And, and that's that gap might be, if they kept Grant Williams, that might've been enough to, to keep the same gap that they're in now about 4 million away from, the the ceiling the 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 second apron it's possible they keep grant i i still considering the way they made that move considering how joe mazula has handled his relationship with grant on the floor i feel like grant was probably gone anyway as much as i was saying they could keep him as much as i was saying they should keep him I still feel like if they the way the way they handle this, if they traded Brogdon instead of Marcus Smart, Grant might be gone regardless. And maybe they could have chased uh, maybe a bigger free agent. Maybe maybe they the difference is they don't go for O'Shea Brissett. Maybe they go for somebody else. Maybe they're bringing in different players to fill out the bench. Maybe that's the net effect. And then we'd see. How the um, how would they fare on the on the court? It would be interesting because now you have Marcus Smart presumably as your starting point guard, unless unless they decided no, you know what, we're going to start Derek White anyway, and and Marcus, you're going to have to go back to being six man. It would be an interesting scenario there, but that could be something that they decided to do. Um, but at this point. I don't think they keep Grant. I think they maybe add a couple of different players on the bench and how it, how it impacts the on the floor stuff. We obviously don't know yet because we don't know how this trade impact them on the floor and how it might be different. I, I 
as I keep saying, this team is so theoretical. I don't know what they're going to be on the floor yet. So after they get out there and play a little bit, I want to see them. Uh, I want to see what they what they're made of, and if they're going to be as good as I think they could be. And considering the style of play, would having Marcus have changed? What would it have changed? Uh, how much better or worse would it have been with Marcus Smart? I don't know the answer to that just yet. Uh, I will have answers to what if Danny Ainge traded for Jimmy Butler? Uh, what player could I clone to make a different decision in Celtics history? I think that question is obvious, and I think those are coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. If you're at your Labor Day cookout, you should be wearing your Bird Dogs because they make you look good. They're stretch khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer through the thighs so you can get that very sculpted look. Look, everybody's looking at your legs when you got the shorts on. Hate to tell you guys, but you're on display. And the bird dogs do the exact same thing Lululemon does, but it fits way better. They fit better than regular shorts because they're the, the, the other shorts are made of stiff, restricting cotton. Bird dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get that slimmer fit without sacrificing movement. And it's got anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day. Now I'm supposed to show you my bird dogs, except the 14 year old has stolen my bird dogs. So they're his bird dogs now. And as we were walking the dogs the other day, he turned to me and goes, these shorts are so comfortable. I'm, I'm not kidding. That's what he turned to me and said, and I'm like, those are mine. Those should be my shorts. So if they're good enough, for a teenage boy, they're good enough for you. And if you order right now, you get this very cool bird dogs hat, this free tech hat with any purchase. Now that I stole back. This is a great golf hat and the bird dogs are great golf shorts. So head on over to birddogs.com slash locked on NBA, locked on NBA, enter the promo code locked on NBA at checkout for a free bird dogs tech hat or free bird dogs tech water bottle, a water bottle now too, as well. So it's birddogs.com slash NBA for that free water bottle of the hat at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. I promise you that. Check out Locked On NBA after you're done listening to the Locked On Celtics podcast. Rotating hosts all week. New shows Monday through Friday there. Uh, I host on Wednesdays with Jake Madison. So we have a good time on that podcast as well. So it's the league get the league, cover the league. Uh, we cover the league like nobody else. I Look, I'm still figuring out how to speak through this little bit of a fog that I'm in. I apologize. My head not really cooperating right now. Tough for a person who's supposed to be talking for a living. Let's dive back into the mailbag. Andrew asks, how do you think the team would have done if Danny Inch had traded for Jimmy Butler? Would Jimmy have lasted longer with us or would he have been, or would he have been traded relatively quickly? This is a very interesting, tough question. So this was 2016, his final season in Chicago. The following year, he got traded to Minnesota. The um, that 2016 draft was the Jalen Brown draft. So no Jalen Brown, Jimmy Butler, and I presume – it would have been Isaiah Thomas, Al Horford, and Jimmy Butler. And some combination of established guys, maybe Avery Bradley, maybe Jay Crowder, would have gone in the deal to kind of make the salaries match. I don't know who else would have been necessary. 
Jarebko, Amir Johnson. One, one of these guys, a couple of these guys might have been necessary. I don't know exactly what the parameters of the deal would have been, but if it was Isaiah Thomas and Al Horford and Jimmy Butler, that's a nice trio. And it's a nice trio because those guys all have the same, I think, gear. I think they have the same kind of thing inside them that's basically like, you know what? I don't care what you are, who you are, what you say, any of that stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm winning this game, right? That Jimmy Butler effect. Now, he didn't quite have that exact same reputation back then, the whole fourth quarter Jimmy. And now he's older, so it's not as frequent. But it's there's, there's no surprise that Jimmy Butler teams tend to do better than other teams. However, at that point, I don't know what exactly he was looking for. So clearly he wore out his welcome in Minnesota. Uh, the Philly thing didn't work out very well, and he loves it in Miami. Would he have wanted to go to Miami had he come to Boston first? I think one of the things that he didn't like about Minnesota is that he just didn't respect how they handled their business. And he, if he had come to Boston, I think he would have respected that a little bit more. I think he would have respected Brad Stevens a little bit more. And that's, I mean, that that's a team that, as it was, finished 53 and 29. So with Jimmy Butler in there and with a few other guys out, could they have gone further? They they actually got to the Eastern Conference Finals. That's the LeBron James. Would they have beaten LeBron James? Uh, I can't sit there and say they would have beaten LeBron, you know, with Jimmy Butler and, and that crew. Uh, it's, it's hard to say what they would have done. Could they have done better? Would they have done better? I think they would have had that one extra top end guy that they they were missing. Obviously, Jalen at that point was a rookie. The following year, uh, Tatum was a rookie, and that was the Kyrie Irving year. So who knows? Now you get into the following season where Isaiah Thomas's hip goes out. They end up trading that like that that offseason. I'm sorry, that season is where Isaiah Thomas's hip goes out. Would Jimmy Butler have stuck around with Kyrie Irving? Would he have left? I, I have a I have a strong kind of feeling that he and, and Kyrie would have butted heads uh just because just it's kind of how I feel it would go. So it might have it might have ended up being trade away Jalen Brown, you get Jimmy Butler, you make one run. If Isaiah Thomas gets hurt anyway, do they not make that run? Do they not? Can they still not get past Cleveland? Then, if the Kyrie Irving trade is made and it's Kyrie and Jimmy Butler, and go, maybe it works. Maybe it's not. Maybe they don't go for uh, Gordon Hayward. And maybe, you know, if Gordon Hayward's not here, he doesn't get hurt, and and Jimmy Butler is in Gordon Hayward's spot. And they continue. Maybe they do have a good season. So many like permutations here of how this could go. Could be a uh, a, a matter of well, he he butts heads with Kyrie, or maybe that first season with Kyrie is is great, and they find a way. Uh, obviously, Tatum and Brown were you know the guys stepped up in you know in reality they stepped up. So if those guys weren't here. Would there have been, you know, Kyrie, look, Kyrie got, you know, hurt or had that surgery to remove some stuff from his knee surgery. 
so there's so com- it's so complicated that I guess where I'm going to land is that Jimmy doesn't like instability and that he would end up going anyway, um, which would have been a disaster because now you are without Jalen Brown, without Jimmy Butler, I mean, without Jason Tatum and without Jimmy Butler. And like, I don't, I don't know if Chicago would have even made those, those, those pickups, but somebody, somebody else would have had Jason Tatum and that would not have gone well. And we would sit here, I'd be sitting here going like, well, look at Jason Tatum, you know, averaging 30 points a game could have been in Boston, but instead we're, you know, in fighting for, uh, fighting for draft positioning, the second apron wouldn't matter. We're looking at second round picks instead. Huey asks if there was one player you could clone where if they made a different decision that would have impacted the league, which one and why, what would happen? The obvious, absolute obvious answer. I'm going to give all of you a chance to scream it out loud. If you're a Celtics fan, there's one player. If you could clone where they make a different decision that would have impacted the league, which one and why? I mean, there might be a couple of answers, but I think there's one obvious answer, right? Have you all said it by now? Have you Len Bias, right? Len Bias, clone him. Everything's the same except don't do cocaine. Yeah. What would have happened? He probably would have come into the league, probably would have dominated because everybody expected him to be that good. And what maybe the Celtics have another championship. Maybe they're at 18 championships or 19 at this point. Who knows? But the if nothing else, having him come in and not do cocaine and go play for the Celtics and actually be an NBA player. He could have been one of the best players in the league. That's just the consensus was he would have been one of the best players in the league. So second answer, if you want a second answer, I would go with Larry Bird deciding to hire somebody to do his mom's driveway instead of doing it himself and messing up his back. Maybe Maybe that changes the course of some of the later years, his later seasons, and the Celtics tack on another championship that way. Maybe Larry lasts a little bit longer, a little bit healthier. But those those are, I think, the two most acceptable answers. Would love to hear your answers. Something else, uh, Reggie Lewis, don't you know, go shooting around or whatever. But I think Reggie's condition was probably like that. That, that might have just ended his career anyway. So I don't know that there was any different decision that he could have made. Uh, I don't know what else. What other player out there? You let me know in the comments. Let's continue here. Anderson, if they were all in their primes, do you think the big three of Pierce, KG, and Allen would have played well and got along well with JT, JB, and Smart if you remained on the team? So we're, we're now mixing... Pierce, KG, Allen, Tatum, Brown, and Smart. Well, well, first of all, that's a championship team. <laughs> that's a that's a many, 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 many years championship team. That's a team that probably wins. Pierce, KG, and Allen could have won three in a row if KG didn't get hurt. Now, if you're telling me KG gets hurt, but Tatum and Brown and their primes are there, how would they have played together? Well, I think I think everybody would have gotten along fine. I think KG and Smart would have been best friends. Those guys. And then not only would they have been best friends, they probably would have gotten into like five fights. And and that would have been that would have been the type of thing where they like butt heads and then afterwards hug. Be- I, I can see that in my head happening. Uh so I think that would have gone very well. And I, I think 
the question might might play towards like Tatum and Brown kind of not being as fiery as those guys, especially Garnett. So uh, I, I can see I can see kind of where the 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 direction of this question is is coming from, but I feel like when your teammates and especially with with Tatum and Brown looking at the level of superstar that Pierce and Garnett and, and Allen especially too, uh, people forget how good Ray Allen was. Like people say KG Pierce and Allen. And like Ray and Ray left, so there's this animosity towards Ray. People forget exactly how good Ray Allen was. Uh, Milwaukee Ray Allen, Seattle Ray Allen was a beast. That dude won a dunk contest, man. That that dude. Everybody looks at his three point shooting. He was he was in dunk contests. He was flying. He was a supreme athlete. Ray Allen was a beast in his prime. So aside from needing five basketballs to satisfy everybody's desire for touches. Um, if all of those guys were on a team, that's an all-star team. Uh, and I think Tatum and Brown are the types to listen to the knowledge that the other guys have. So if, <laughs> yeah, that, that would be, that would be amazing. I, I mean, how can you not love Pierce Garnett and Allen? Those, those guys, I think they had more to give in Boston. I wish things had gone differently a little bit there too, but that's that. All right. Up next, we'll have some fun game ops playing one-on-one where, and we're asking me questions about my career and how I do my job. That's all coming up next. Thank you for making lockdown Celtics. Your first listen every day, go check out lockdown fantasy basketball. Josh Lloyd is a juggernaut on the network juggernaut because everybody knows that if you're playing fantasy basketball, all you got to do is listen to Josh Lloyd and you will win your league. Basically, he's got all the information that you need every day, multiple podcasts some days. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Follow Josh, follow Lockdown Fantasy Basketball. If you're playing fantasy basketball and you're not listening to the Lockdown Fantasy Basketball podcast, you don't want to win your league. It's as simple as that. Aaron asks, when it comes to game ops, how do you think we could spruce up our home games? Oh, Aaron, I have been hoping for this for a long time because they do need to spruce things up. They are too stuck. And I hope as he mentions in this question, I feel like this JTJB generation needs a game ops upgrade, even just a little, I am all for that. I am all for that. I'm all for changing things up a little bit. Now I know Boston is traditional, right? So I'm not trying to change the traditional parts of it. I am just trying to add some other elements. I am a big proponent of a second floor. I want a second game surface that matches the city edition jerseys. All right. Still parquet floor, still all that, but change the lane, change the center circle. You see that happen in, in other cities. Denver does an amazing job matching their courts with their uniforms. I love that little wrinkle. It's so subtle. And in 41 games, it happens, what, 10 times? So most of the season and through the playoffs, you have the normal Celtics floor. And for people saying, well, no, history and all that stuff, hey, you know what? The floor that the 86 team played on is not the same t floor that the 70s 
played on. It's not the same floor that they played on in the 60s. They have changed the floor over the course of time. So there's no precedent. It's not like the like they have the colored in logo now. Before it was the all white and green logo. And before there was no logo, right? There's plenty of plenty of in, amazing things that have happened on a floor with no logo on it or a different logo on it. So there's no, like the floor is aside from the parquet, which you keep. And if you're watching me on the background of my YouTube page, that that's what they have in their practice facility. All of this parquet, you can keep all of this parquet floor, that logo, that, that colored logo in the middle, you can keep that for the games. You can just, and in fact, this past season, they took that white kind of circle away from it. They've updated it. Now, whatever your city edition jerseys are, create a floor that can, that matches that. I think that's just a fun little wrinkle. I want to change some of the music up leading. We don't need to do crazy train every time. You know, we don't need to do Guns N' Roses, Welcome to the Jungle every time, right? I know people say they call the garden the jungle. That's that's what like Paul Pierce said they called it, but that that's that's not a thing. That's not really a thing. There's no signage that says welcome to the jungle. That's that's cliche. Change it up. Now, I like when they do the uh Triple H, if you're a wrestling fan, the Triple H entrance music just because it's, you know, he used to call himself the game and I think it was Motorhead. And they do time to play the game. That is just a fun and it's still kind of like heavy, hard rock. So it kind of fits that Boston motif. You, I like that, that sound. But yeah, you can change stuff in game a little bit. You could play like a little bit of a beat in game. You can change it a little bit. They're playing sound sounds in the middle of the game anyway. So I'm, I'm all for a slight upgrade in the game ops experience. So, but part of the problem is the Celtics don't own the building. And so they can't make modifications. Like they can bring in a second floor. That's up to them, but they, they can't make some of the modifications that they might want that I like for, for some of the intro stuff, but they do a decent job. The intros are generally pretty good. They upgraded the jumbotron recently. So that's good. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm all for upgrades. Shout out to Aaron for that. Owen. Now we're getting personal. Who's winning a one-on-one -on -one with you and Tom? <laughs> well, unfortunately, Tom is a young man, and I am 50 years old, and I'm about oh, 70 pounds uh, above my playing weight. So, yeah, that's that's a lot. That's a lot of pounds above my playing weight. It's not where I should be. But so that slows me down a little bit. I know Tom, Tom and I have actually played one-on-one -on -one. Um, and Tom will win. Tom will win. It depends on who, if I'm hitting, it really depends on if I'm hitting because I use my size. I'm a post player anyway. I will back him down. And if I'm hitting turnaround fadeaways, um, then I can, I can win. But what ends up happening is I run out of steam and then Tom, Tom's a really good shooter. And if he gets going, I just, I can't go up and defend him. My, my biggest issue is I can't defend the three point line. Like I need to with Tom without him going by me. And since it's one-on-one, -on -one, I've got no help. So if he starts hitting the three, 
I got nothing and, and he'll end up winning. So that's, that's how that goes. <clears throat> Bernie asks, uh, with you writing for the Celtics so long or about the Celtics for so long, would there have been a scenario where you turn coded <laughs> to write for a Celtics rival instead? <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, here's the thing. My, my blogging takes me back to 2006, right? So that was definitely blogging is fan oriented. And obviously I grew up a Celtics fan. I grew up in, in Rhode Island. I went to school in Boston. I'm a very much New Englander. Once I started covering the Celtics professionally, I kind of put that aside, right? That's and and it's it's a weird spot. I I admit it's a weird spot for me to be because I do this podcast, right? And the podcast is it's geared for Celtics fans. It's Celtics fans want to know how do you know how does this team win? How does this why isn't this team winning and all that stuff? When they win, you want to listen to something that kind of captures that emotion. So when they win, I'm upbeat and excited. And when they lose, I'm a little more down and, and, you know, a little more negative on that. So I have to capture the, the fan experience. I have to capture the fan kind of feeling the mood for my podcast to make it an appropriately themed podcast. Right. And everything that I do is geared towards how can the Celtics win? Right. And when a player plays well, and it, you know Tatum goes off and has an amazing, amazing game, MVP level game. I will gush about Jason Tatum <clears throat> being uh, an MVP level guy at certain spots. So it very much sounds like I'm I'm coming at it as a fan in some instances, but I'm not. Um, I I put my fandom aside for for my job, like. When when something goes wrong, like when when Marcus Smart did something poorly, I had to say that Marcus Smart was you know had he took bad shots. This was not a good Marcus Smart game. When Jason Tatum does something poorly, I have to say it. When these guys do something, if if Brad Stevens makes a bad move, I have to say I think that was a bad move. I have to be honest. And so that is the baseline here where now I am a professional journalist. I, co I cover this team. I'm writing about this team. I'm, I'm a basketball writer. Well, the reality of this job is I could get fired at any time. I could get, you know, Boston Sports Journal says, we don't, we don't like what you're doing anymore and lets me go. Then they let me go. And if there's no other job for me in Boston, or if there's no other way for me to make a living in Boston, would I, would I have to cover another team? I can see a scenario where, yeah, I would cover a Celtics rival. I would, you know, there, there have been times where I looked for, Hey, if, if a, a job covering a Celtic, the Celtics in Boston wasn't there, is there an opening somewhere else? I think I applied for a job in Indiana once. Um, so that's that's kind of how it goes. It's kind of like Paul Pierce. Not that I'm not that I'm can say I'm the Paul Pierce of anything, but Paul Pierce was a Lakers fan growing up and hated the idea of going to Boston. Now he's all about Boston, right? He's a Boston legend. So it's this job 
wherever, wherever it ends up taking me. And, and I will say this just for the record, things are going really, really well for me here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Things are going really, really, really well for me here. So I cannot currently imagine a scenario where I would leave. Um, this podcast is doing great. You guys make this, uh, uh, you know, so many of you have, have hopped on board that this podcast is, is really helping me out. <laughs> it's doing, it's doing really well. My job with Boston sports journal is going really, really well. The team is very interesting and it's good. So for now, everything sounds, sounds great, but Hey, if there's ever a point down the road where the ends aren't meeting and they would meet in another city, if that's what I had to do, then that's what I had to do because a job is a job and you got to take the jobs wherever they are. So that's, that's kind of how it goes for all of us, for all of us in the business. So that's that. Okay. Um, final question, Aaron asks different Aaron. Can I ask a weird question? How do you watch a basketball game on TV? What are your eyeballs doing when you're watching the game? How are you processing it? This is great. This is great. I love this. Because when you're watching a basketball game, very easy to get caught up in the ball. What's happening with the ball? You don't see what's happening back door. You don't see a lot of the stuff that's happening. So when I'm watching a game, I like to kind of watch. I, I kind of focus on the free throw line. Somewhere around the free throw line. That way I can kind of see what everybody's doing. Right now, it's not always, doesn't always work like that. Sometimes you get caught up in the ball watching because something is happening there where you're like, all right, what is this? What is this? Um, what ends up happening is whatever I miss back door, whatever I miss off the ball, I'll go back and watch the game a second time. And the second time around, I'm not even watching what the ball is doing anymore. I'm watching everything else. But the first time around, I like to try as much as I can to focus on kind of like that free throw line, that center of the floor, because you're able to see the whole play. You're able to process the whole play. Um, who's setting picks? Uh, who's, you know, who who faked something? Who made a cut? Who improvised? And you, you start to get a sense for um, how a play developed. Uh, I like to, even when I'm at a game, honestly, when I'm at a game and I'm watching like on the floor, a lot of times I'll, I'll be looking up at the jumbotron cause I like to see that full view of the floor. So I can kind of get a sense of, okay, how did that, how did this happen? When somebody makes a backdoor cut, I want to be able to know, kind of want to be able to see it coming. I want to be able to see how the whole thing developed. Uh, did somebody make a cut that opened up something else, a sacrificial cut? to uh, take a defender with him to open up a pick and roll for somebody else. So I like to see, uh, it's almost like the old magic eye where you kind of like unfocus a little bit and you're, you're kind of watching a spot and you're seeing everything unfold uh, behind it. Sometimes you do watch the ball as it bounces around and sometimes like that you'll miss something. Um, but what I can't do, and it's part of Aaron's question is like, are you like in the matrix able to see all 10 players in slow motion or recognize different shapes and patterns of plays in real time? I'm not quite at that level. 
like that's that's where NBA coaches are. That's where Brad Stevens is, and that's where like Marcus Smart is, and you know Rondo was like those guys. Like all of those players are able to see that stuff really, really quick because that's their job. They they've trained themselves to do it. But if you want to watch the basketball game and kind of get a sense for how things are happening, I would say if you want, watch kind of like pull your attention away off the ball. Focus on the the free throw line area. Just take a possession. What like a preseason game, right? Take a possession or two and just kind of watch around the free throw line. Let your peripheral vision kind of do its work. And because one team's in white and one team's in a different color, you start to see like little dots moving around and you start to like get a sense of, oh, here's here's how this is going to go. Oh, there, there's an opportunity to, to cut down the middle that they didn't take. So a lot of times when I'm saying something or tweeting something or whatever, relaying a they miss these opportunities to cut. They miss this opportunity to 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 get this easy basket. It's because that's you're you're watching kind of more of the whole floor. But again, I, I will I'll wrap it up by saying I'm not always successful in the moment uh, because basketball is a fun game and it's there are a lot of ebbs and flows and there are times where you know there's an amazing play and you you kind of don't want to lose sight of amazing individual things either. So. There are times when you just want to watch somebody cook. And I have my like YouTube TV open on my on my laptop at a game. So I can always like rewind. And like there are plenty of times when I'm watching a game at home and I'll stop and I'll rewind as it's happening. And I'll catch up during a commercial or a timeout or something, a free throw, and and kind of catch up that way. I want to kind of see how things happened. So I'm trying to process a lot. Uh, if you want to watch the game a second time, like I said, second watch, I'm I'm always watching off the ball because I kind of know the results. I remember the results of each play and I'm watching very specifically to see how certain things are happening. Catch the nuance of, oh, he really, he faked this. They, they faked this screen. They ghosted this screen and they did like, I'm, I'm picking up on the tiny, tiny nuances there to, to kind of pick up on how they, executed a play, but it's my job, right? So I have time to do that. That's what I do all day. While you're at work, I'm at work doing that stuff. All right. That's the mailbag Monday recorded here early on a labor day. Hope you're enjoying, uh, your, your, your cookout, your, whatever you're doing. Um, if you, hopefully you have, uh, gone back, you're like, wow, why isn't this podcast here and gone back and refreshed and it showed up uh, again, next show Wednesday, then after that Friday and then on the 18th. So we're a few weeks away, two weeks away from going back to five days a week. So let's get it. <laughs> NBA season is almost back. Remember, check out bird dogs, bird dogs.com slash lockdown NBA. Enter the promo code lockdown NBA for a free water bottle with any purchase. You don't want to take your bird dogs off when you put them on. I'm telling you, and you won't have to. They're very versatile. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. I would love it if you everydayers share the podcast, spread the word, tell your friends, tell everybody they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.